Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Excel Tribesman podcast. My name is Kirkland. I am the host of this show. And today we have a very special guest. Now, I don't want to fuck up your name, but I'm going to try, right? And don't hold nothing against me. Mm-hmm. But is it Martinius? Nope. Try again. Okay. Mar, not tenuous. Nope. Try again. <laughs> Mar. You making it harder than what it need to be, bruh? Martin. Martinez. <laughs> Martinez. Oh my God. I told you he was making it harder. You was you was doing. You know what the colonizers do and putting the the in syllables in different places, man. Wait, I'm not trying to be like the colonizers, sir. But <laughs> well, Mister Evans, <laughs> thank you for joining the Excel Drivesman podcast. Um, I wanted you to talk a little bit about yourself let introduce yourself to the people let the people know what you do let them know why i think you're like the dopest fucking person on instagram but i want the people to know why you so dope because i already know all righty good morning good afternoon good evening to wherever you're at in the world my name is martinez evans i am he and he is me I'm a fat runner, a marathoner, Adidas, a global ambassador. Um, got a new book on the way. Um, what else? I got degrees like a thermometer, multiple Ooh. degrees. Um, and, you know, what I like to say is I'm a fat runner and I'm just here to promote physical activity, fitness, loving yourself, and joy while having fun, right? My big motto is like helping people uh, enjoy fitness without the pressures of losing weight. And I, I want everybody to to understand and feel that you can exercise, you can enjoy it, and you don't have to have the pressure to losing weight. You know, and that is why I fucking love you. Because when the shit you post online to me is exactly my mindset that now keep in mind though, I'll be running like you be running. You know? <laughs> I'm doing all that running now, doing my thing. But I do, you know, I have found myself in a place where I'm allowing myself to be more physically active without, like you said, without the thought of like, oh, I have to lose weight. It's like just allowing myself to move um, simply just because like, it's like the simple things. Like I just want, like I've been able to accomplish, you know, walking up the stairs now and I ain't gotta, <laughs> I gotta do that no more. So like, it's just the little things for me that I like about it. Um, so I appreciate, you know, your perspective on being a runner. Um, I first found you, I, I wanna say you changed your name, right? Your Instagram name, because it used to be slow as fuck, right? So that's my other Instagram page. So I have an Instagram play called uh, the Slow F Run Club. He got too many for me to keep up. <laughs> he got too many. Okay. Yeah, man. I, I thought, I, I don't know why I thought you changed your name from that to 300 pounds of running, but I guess that makes sense. You have two, two brands. Um, So you primarily focus on, in my opinion, um, 
you've been focusing your basically your whole journey on teaching people how to run being fed and making them feel comfortable in doing that. How did that journey start for you in running, like being a runner, first of all? Like, first of all, how does one say, oh, I'm going to be a runner? That's first. <laughs> um, Kirkland, it, it, it came from spite, man, on some real shit. 2012, I weighed somewhere near 400 pounds, 360, 370, 380, somewhere around there. Like every scale I got into at that point, I just stopped working. And um, I, I was working at Men's Warehouse at the time, slanging suits. So, you know, that's where my fashion style came from. You know, I was slanging those suits at Men's Warehouse. And, um, you know, I was on my feet all the time because, you know, we don't commission sales, eating, yep. eating whatever. And I walked in there one day and had the sharp pain in my hip. That led me to go to a doctor, which led me to go to the orthopedic specialist. And um, as I'm sitting there, this guy who's 5'5", five, five, maybe 100 pounds, soaking wet, very thick accent, says, Mr. Evans, I know why you're in pain. You know, me, I'm like, oh, like maybe it's something to do with me playing football in high school and college or whatever. And he's like, no, you fat. It's like, you got two options. Like, you need to lose weight or die. And he like, he go on this whole thing of like trying to shame me into like running and not even running, but like walking. So you know, he go on this whole thing. Like you need to start walking. You need to walk a one mile one day and then another mile another day and like all this other stuff. And then you got, you got belly fat, like a pregnant woman. Like this dude was just going in on me. Shut and you know, I'm, yeah, dude. So I'm six, three, like I said, pushing four. And, he, and I'm like, dude. Aretha would have been dude. snagging in that mother. <laughs> and I was like, dude. So we, you know, we go back and forth. We have like this big ass argument. And uh when it was all said and done, I was like, screw you, man. Like, I'm gonna run a marathon. And he laughed at me. And like this dude laughed at me like I was Dave Chappelle telling some jokes. Like, you run a marathon. Run a marathon. Yeah. He's like, if you run a marathon, you'll die. And I guarantee it. And I was like, okay. So um I left at the run. Uh, I, I left out the doctor's office and was driving home. So I'm ruminating on the shit. And like, I, I drove past this running shoe store and I was like, Oh, like, this is it. Bust a Yui go into the running shoe store and said, I need running shoes and I need them now. Mm -hmm. Cause like in my mind, like oh, I'm gonna run this marathon today. Granted, I did not know what I'm, I did not know how long a marathon was, but that's beyond the point. I was going to run that marathon today. So I bought those running shoes, got home, got on a treadmill, and couldn't even run for 15 seconds. Failed miserably. Just damn near fell off the treadmill, man. Just how did that make you feel? Like a sack of shit, man. Like I, I felt bad. I felt like, oh, this doctor might be right. Like maybe I will die. But um, I have something. So, you know, as I'm going home, you know, a little thug tear came down my, my cheek and everything. So I'm doing this in the fitness center of my apartment complex. There's two people on either side of me, like these uh, bunnies, you know, treadmill bunnies, like going like 10 and 15 miles an hour. So I'm like, oh, fuck, like I'm gonna go like seven. So I felt miserably. Thug tear coming out. And as I'm going home, um, I reach out to the doorknob and I have a tattoo on my wrist that says no struggle, no progress. And um, like, as I was reaching for the door, like I seen that tattoo and I was like, oh, like this ain't it. Like he ain't gonna get the best of me. So from that day on, it was 
going every day, day after day, just getting 1% better. You know, all right, I can run for 15 seconds. Let's try 30. 30. All right, I can run for 30 seconds. Let's try a minute, so on and so forth, until I was able to, you know, start talking about minutes to the miles. And then, you know, almost a year later after that, almost a year year to 18 months, I ran my first marathon at Detroit, in Detroit, my hometown. So, it was it was it was a it was a hell of a journey, and I just never stopped ever since. See, let let me pick out something of your story. You see, I too am the I'll call myself the king of the small wins. Um, I what was always holding me back from success is that idea that I needed to get from one dollar to a million dollars. And what was in the middle, I, I couldn't visualize what was in the middle. So because I see a million, I will always tell myself, oh, I ain't no way I'm going to make it to the million. Ain't no way I'm making it to the million. And I think until I started this brand, XL Tribe, is when I realized that like I could work from $1 to $10, from $10 to $20. And just like you said, those are small wins going from being able to run for 15 seconds and then run 30 seconds and then run a minute. Like those are small wins that I feel like sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of times when I talk to people, I also feel the same thing that they felt like, oh, I'm never going to be able to run that marathon because I can't even stay on the treadmill for 15 seconds. But it clearly was a journey. It took you a year and a half to run that marathon. You didn't go run that marathon that next day like you wanted to right so i i feel like that's what i feel like i i, I appreciate about me watching you i think i've been following you for at least three to four years now um and interesting enough fear was stopping me from reaching out to you to do this interview that i've been wanting to do for like a year i don't know why i'm just a regular dude man you i would have did it a long time ago you might be regular, but you like popping regular. (laughs) (laughs) So there's still like a level of fear that I'm, you know, working my own way through. So I appreciate you telling the people, you know, the journey of making it from, you know, 15, 30 seconds. So how many marathons have you ran since that first one in Detroit? Um, Eight so far, Um, eight marathons. I don't know, a total of hundreds a hundred different races between like, like 5k half, you know, halves, 10k's and things of that sort, but eight marathons in total. Okay. So in your stories the other day, I saw you posting about your journey about moving, you know, to basically across America because things basically the other side. And um, so, you know, you said that you had a therapist over in California now, so I don't know what, how open you are about therapy. So you can say what you feel or don't, I don't know. But therapy is a very big thing for me and this brand. Um, I feel like it's how I got here. Like it's how I got comfortable enough to be talking to you because that was one of my fears was not talking to other people. I don't have a fear of talking to other people but I have a fear of putting myself on front street. Um, to talk to other people. And so, you know, therapy is how I got this comfortable with doing that. And it's also how I got comfortable in my body. And I, 
and that was what we were going to talk about because you like me like you love your body and you don't spare any type of thought about what anybody has to say about what your body looks like i love how you poke fun at the people who poke fun at you i think that's yeah. really witty by the way Thank um you. but i wanted to ask about therapy like what's your what was your motivating driver to say you know what i need to get my ass up and go see somebody um it's a it's a it's a journey that's been ever evolving right um i think if i would have had therapy sooner in my life some of the things that i'm going through in my in my mid mid to late 30s i wouldn't be dealing with right so you know for example my brother committed suicide when i was 10. you know i lived i grew up in detroit where death was just there right like i literally stayed next to a crack house like i seen the d-boy who stayed there get killed right and then having to go with oh well you need to get from over here you need to go to the other side of detroit where people can't find you because of yada 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 right so it, it's been a thing of just being a black man in America growing up in Detroit is always, I've always had traumas that, you know, that was like, you know, shut that shit up, just, just suck it up and just deal with it. Mm-hmm. And you know, as you get older, those, those traumas and shit and, and those skeletons in the closet will come back to haunt you. And, you know, and, and, and it hunts you in, in different ways, right? Whether it's risky behavior, whether it's, you know, the relationships that you tear down, whether it's you being a self-defeatist, whether it's, you know, all of those things, right? You know, and, you know, at first it was just like, oh, like, you know, dude is just, just has an anger problem and, and that's okay. But it was just deeper than that. You know, it wasn't as I, as one of the things I'm finding out in therapy is not anger, it's pain, it's sadness. Mm-hmm. And it's sadness as mask as anger. Anger, so, correct. Because um, that's the only way to express it. Yeah. And, and especially being a black man, right? You know, anger, aggression is a way, uh, an acceptable way to quote unquote, get your, your feelings out, no, right? Yeah. Versus crying or anything else journaling or, or things of that sort. So, you know, it, I want to say like, I've been in, the, in and out of therapy, I don't know, about 10 or so years. So like since my early twenties, you know, off and on just really just trying to understand like, who is this person and and to parent the, um, the parent, the, the, the 10 year old, the 12 year old, the 13 year old self that's still going through all the trauma that's, that I experienced. So um, it, it has been a, a wonderful journey to really go through therapy and really um, have a lot of breakthroughs to be like, yo, I went through some fucked up shit and you shouldn't have had to go through it. But since you did, like, this is how you can cope with it. Right. And, it, and it, it's one of the things that's funny, right? Like I was talking to a friend um actually on instagram because she's like you know i used to stay in detroit and i say oh like why did you move and she's like well my dad robbed the bank and i was like oh okay like and she was like you know i'm just like i'm happy that it's like i'm both happy and sad that you didn't even blink or like even have a a reaction to like my dad robbing the bank and me just being like oh okay like yeah i I get it um but yeah it's one of those things that 
I've I've been going through is something that I've been practicing and it's something that uh, I see my life like having on a regular basis until I really figure out like how to um, manage my crazy, but manage my crazy is not even a, a, a word that I want to use is manage the, the feelings, the thoughts, the ideas, all the things that's going in me mm-hmm. and to understand that those thoughts, feelings, emotions are, is not me and learning how to separate those things from myself and from my identity. So yeah, it's been tough. Um, you know, with me moving to Detroit, you know, therapists have like these license boards, right? So she so can like, you know, a therapist can be licensed in like California or like, but not be licensed in Michigan. So, yes. you know, I had a therapist for like two and a half years and we was really like going through some, like making some headway and, and really, um, like really making progress. And it was my first black therapist too, like, so for me to like find a black therapist in my thirties and she was from the Midwest. So she kind of understood the, the plight that I was going through and then to like move here and her be like, yo, like I, I will mess with the IRS before I mess with my licensing board. So like, we're going to have to end this until, you know, you come back, but you know, since you're coming, going to Detroit, let's hope that there's a, a more supply of black therapists and it, and, and it is right but i think the whole process of going through the therapy process right yes Filling out all the forms interviewing these people it's like dating all over again listen i was just about to say that's exactly what finding a therapist is that it's literally like trying to find someone to marry it is the same yeah. process yeah. It's exhausting, just so we clear. It is. It's, it's exhausting, right? And uh, going through the process of like looking at psychology today and finding a therapist and looking at their bios and being like, man, like your bio, and not even tell, it's not even like driving me to course. Not even. Like, don't even want to click next. Right. So it, it's it's crazy to go through that whole, that whole situation, but it, it's literally like dating. It's literally like trying to find a mate. It's oh, like, mate. Or oh. somebody telling all my like closet all my deepest darkest secrets right and you supposed to, you gonna keep those so i need to be able to be comfortable to, to tell you these shits listen i go through therapy i went through therapy the same way i'm currently going through dating you call people you call therapists they'll call you back and I'm starting to think, wait a minute, the therapist got communication skills issues too? What's going on? Listen, yo, that was a fucking struggle. I called, I spent three weeks looking for, I spent three weeks waiting for a therapist, waiting for different therapists to call me back. Like I would leave voicemails for them to call me back and they would never call me back. And then some of them would tell you, oh, they only accept new patients on like Thursdays and Wednesdays or whatever random day it was. You call on Wednesday, they'd be like, oh, so-and-so out for the day. Yeah. So I'm sorry, dates be standing me up and my therapist standing me up? Oh, I'm just <laughs> fucked up. Like It's crazy. And then all of the paperwork that goes along with like, the, the intake form. Like I had to go through a 45 minute survey and questionnaire. And it was like a bunch of them. 
And she's like, yeah, you know, have all of these done before we meet for the first time. It's like, so you want me to fill out all this shit, spend 45 minutes to do this? this and is then I like you? Exactly. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. I, I think the, the question about, um, you know, getting therapists and starting new therapists, it needs to be an easier process. I don't know what they need to do, but- I agree. It needs to be I, I agree. Process. I agree. It needs to be so much easier. Um, but thankful now, I found a therapist. You know, we've been rocking for a year. But, so you say you've been in, in and out for about 10 years. So here's something that I always wondered, being that I've only been doing it for a year, I wonder something, is, is there, I always wonder what's the end point. Um, some people have shared with me that it's just until you, you feel comfortable, but my thought process is right. So it took me 31 years to get here. How can I unpack all of that in one year? Right? It's like, <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna take a lot longer than that. That's why I've been thinking about it. I just be like, how long I'm supposed to be in this bitch? <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. And, and that's why you're supposed to find somebody that you're comfortable with, right? Um, because it, it's gonna take as long as it's gonna take in order to to go through it, right? And even for me, like like I said, off and on, and some therapists, you know, hit it one way. Some therapists don't hit it that way, right? And I, I think that, you know, with me being able to first uh, initially have my first black therapist and like we just hit it off and it was amazing but like you know uh, being imagine being a black boy and being 25 and like having a white woman and she's crying in therapy and you like i thought i'm one so to be the one doing it, right and it's like wait okay yeah or or um having a therapist and it's like yo I, uh, a white therapist and be like, yo, we just adopted our first black kid. Like, can you give us some advice? And like, motherfucker, I'm so be here talking about my traumas and shit. So you you want to pay me hundred dollars, two hundred dollars an hour? I mean, I give you all the advice you want. If we just, or is this gonna be free? Because if it's exactly. free, we can swap. But I do that for free, and I pay you two hundred dollars. So you know. Finding someone that you can actually vibe with for whatever period of time it is, it's mm -hmm. definitely It's definitely important. I agree. So now you've been on this fitness journey for, well, like I said, I've been following you for about four, three to four years. But how long have you been on this journey of like running these, uh, races, running these marathons and like since 2012 so my 10 my year anniversary is coming up next year <laughs> since 2012 man like you know 300 pounds of running initially was a blog you know i was blogging before blogging was cool and then when instagram came around i hopped on instagram same thing with facebook same thing with podcasting and all that all the other stuff so you know i've just been around man it's it's been a, a larger part of my life for for 10 years just about 10 years come on now come on that's See, and I and I and I guarantee you, there's a part of you that feels like you just getting started. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, um, I don't even know if I was presenting this, but you know, I'm in the process of signing a book deal, and it's like, 
it took me 10 years to get this. It's something yeah. I've been dreaming about like since I started. So like, I think my life when it comes to this social media, you know, whatever you want to call this influencer fitness guy, I, I feel like it's just getting started because I feel like, you know, once this book come out and everything, when it comes to that, like it's going to be a whole bunch of new people who've never even I've never heard of you. Heard of seen of me. Oh, when you get the book, you got to come back. We got to talk. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. So I like to do this thing on Instagram, not on Instagram. It's not on Instagram, but I like to do this thing where I pull a picture from your Instagram and we talk about how many shots it takes to get there. Tell me like the scene around it, like what made you take it. So this is the photo that I wanted to talk about. Let's see oh, if I, can, <laughs> see if I can do it like the Instagram people do. Yeah. Get your Instagram hands. Right. Um, um Shuglet took that picture. Okay. Shug, at Shuglet. Um, let me get Shug's pronoun. I think Shug's pronouns is they. They and them. Um Shug is Shug is a a, a phenomenal and fantastic photographer. And they just happen to be in san francisco bay area mm -hmm. and it's like hey like you can come you can be however you come through you want but mainly i do new shoots or you know try to get people in, in as nude as possible and i remember being like well shit like i don't i don't mind being naked like whatever whatever like i got my i got my significant other and like they ain't going nowhere mm -hmm. i'm like fuck it so it, it's funny because like i was literally in the strangers a stranger's backyard that Suge had met just for the first time oh. to take the shoot there. So it was like a follower. So it was like a follower that uh, that follows Suge. It's like, hey, I have this, I have this backyard. You know, it it's it's beautiful here, yada yada yada. So I go to a backyard that I've never been to before, met Suge for the first time, and then be like, all right, well, I'm finna get naked and let's take these pictures. <laughs> Oh, just like that, like just <laughs> Jamaican when people say just so so so, <laughs> just like that. Like we, it was you know the, sh the the shoot was maybe about two and a half hours, and it was literally just in the nude shooting the shit, taking pictures, and that was like one of my favorite pictures because I remember Shug was like, "Hey, like before you come, like bring some flowers," and I'm like, "All right," and then uh, Shug was like yo, I think I'm going to put these flowers under your boobs. Like, you okay with that? I'm like, well, shit. I don't give a fuck. Put, put whatever you want on these man titties. And she's like, I'm going to put these flowers. That was her idea to put the flowers right there. Yeah. It, it was Suge's idea to put the to put the flowers there. Oh, Suge's idea. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. And, and that shoot is a bunch of photos of with me and flowers and things of that sort. And it... it I think it was just interesting to like have that. I don't even want to say softening, but like showing a, a a different side of a individual that you wouldn't ever see, right? And I thought it was cool. Like it was, it was interesting. You know, when I talked to my lady about it, so she's like, "So what you gonna do with these?" I'm like, "I'm gonna put them on Instagram." So she's like, "So you just got naked and took pictures just to put them on Instagram?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> Should. You need your props. Them some first of all, those are some dope photos. But I agree. 
it's one of the things that I, I love to see. I love to see things on online that are, you know, for lack of better words, jarring, because I feel mm-hmm. like people need to see more images like this. The reason people are uncomfortable with fat bodies is because they're not used to seeing it. And they're not used to seeing it because people tell them you shouldn't see it. So everyone's right. hiding it. And really, I'm like, no, 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 no. Show the rows, show the titties, let them out. Right. Like, the more we do this, the more normalized it'll be to see bodies of all sizes. Because I, I always think of like, every time I see a big body on Instagram, the first thing I think of is like, oh, this is amazing. Second thing I think of is more people need to see this. So instantly I'm like, share, share, share. And one of the things about that is because I, I do want people to get more comfortable in their own skin. And you, mm-hmm. I notice people become comfortable in their skin once they see an example that looks like them. And so that's why it's important wh- whether people feel like you're, we're going to get into that promoting, oh, basically, whatever fuck that means. Um, that's why it's important to promote, oh, basically, that. Because I don't think people understand, like, I'm, t- I'm gonna talk for myself. Okay. Seeing fat, seeing fat people work out make me want to work out. So if that's okay. promoting obesity, then so the fuck be it. The whole reason, I don't know if you can see, well, you can't. Well, maybe you can. Like, I bought myself an exercise bike. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have bought that had I, had I not seen fat people like you work out. I would have never bought that bike. I would have never you know, made myself get on this bike three to four times a week. I'm I'm active in ways before Instagram. I never was mm-hmm. because I see fat people promoting obesity. So fuck that bullshit. That's where I'm getting at. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have some rapid fire questions for you. Um, considering that you are, you know, I'm gonna call you a master runner. Um, what's the best running shoes? Uh, <laughs> it depends on who paying me. <laughs> well, <laughs> listen, I appreciate the honesty and we gonna let that one go on that one. <laughs> um, what's your best race story? Oh man. Um, I have tons of them. Berlin marathon is one wait 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 wait. you ran a race in berlin yes oh you famous famous (laughs) yeah dude people travel around the world around races that's one of the reasons why i was like oh like there's a race in tokyo i ain't never been to tokyo time to go you know now it's time for me to go to tokyo um berlin marathon um a first time just being in berlin it, it was just amazing being there, seeing seeing parts of the Berlin Wall. Um, ran the race, didn't finish. Like, heartbroken. Didn't finish. Um, they gave me the wrong medal at, initially. I got an inline skating medal versus a marathon medal. Um, okay. It was a lot of things that happened during that race. That, okay. yeah. Was that, like, to insult you? Kirkland, how long this podcast will be? Because we can talk forever. Ah, um, so, so here's the tea: by mm-hmm. being 
So with running and races, right? So you have, I want to say three, three or four different type of categories, but you can kind of break them up into two. People who are elite runners mm-hmm. and then non-elites. You know, at the race, these types of big races like Berlin, New York City, Chicago, Tokyo, London, and there's one more, Boston. That's called the World Major. So it's the six largest races in the world. It can be ranked between 40,000 to 100,000 people there running a race, yada, yada, yada. Um, During races, you know, there's this thing called like, so races have like race cutoffs. However, these big races, usually even though they have a quote unquote cutoff, they usually just let people go because it's so large. Mm-hmm. Berlin Marathon. So I ran New York City, Boston. Uh, I participated in Chicago. So like volunteered and things of that sort. Like that, those are part of the world majors. They let people continue to go on. Berlin was in that case. And even though I was promised by like the volunteers to say, Hey, like, I know I'm falling behind yada, 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 but I'm still going to finish this race. And it's like, Oh, like you're going to finish. You can cross the finish line. I get to the Brandenburg gate, you know, that big gate that they always show in Berlin with the, that was like where the Nazis put through, sent the people through, yes. um, we run through that. And when I got, I can literally see the finish line Kirkland but it was this big ass gate that blocked the whole finish line. And I'm trying to tell the dude, so like, this is a, I'm trying to tell the dude like, no, like I need to finish the race. And he's like, no, race is over. And it's like, no, I need to finish this race. Like I need to cross the finish line. It's like, no, like nobody's crossing the finish line. Like the race is over. So I end up talking to somebody and it's like, yeah, like, you know, they're not letting nobody cross. But if you go, you know, somewhere else like around the corner they'll give you a race medal for like participating because all that's mainly what people want so i get there i'm crying and shit you can see i think i still have it saved in my uh on like my what you call it the instagram when you save the oh uh, what's the, the, the highlights the highlight so i still got the highlights there like your boy's breaking down crying like i done ran this whole race and then somebody gives me an inline skating medal and then eventually i end up getting like a marathon medal but I, I still have both of those medals as a, um, a reminder. As a reminder of like, a like I need a redemption race to actually finish and cross the finish line, but b like it, it's also a thing of letting people know like people don't give a fuck about you. They just want your money and like, that'd be it. So I know you've talked you've talked extensively about that. Um, by the way, I re- you, you I remember you. Do you still blog like? Um, off and on, since I got this book thing, I'll be blogging more though. Well, I remember you talking in one of your blog posts about that you, that you wanted, um, people who put on races to stop ending them early or something like that. I think I remember that a few years back about you talking about that. So I'm guessing this Berlin experience is not a, what's the word I want to use? It's not a singular event. It's something that happens. It's it's something that happens a lot, right? And I think that's a lot of like that biggest hurdles to getting people active and participating into races is knowing that they're afraid that they might get out there and get lost, run out of water, like all these things because race directors, you know, do whatever, whatever. And, And I understand, right? Like, 
it costs money to put on a race. It costs money to block streets. It costs money to do all this other stuff. But I also think like it's their right versus having me sit on a fill out a uh, uh, what is it like a, a liability waiver to say, hey, like it's it's on your own liability. Like I think it's their right to make sure that anybody who starts their race finish. need to finish. Or they need to pick their ass up and bring them back. Bring them back. Agreed. I got. I, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. So now, so that kind of sounds like a little bit of both, but it might not be because my next one was what's your worst race story. But that sounds like that might be bad too. So I'm not <laughs> sure if that's both in one. It, it's both. Um, it can be both, but I think there's a, another race that I had, and it wasn't like bad in the sense like like the race was bad. It's bad in the sense that it was just a horrible day. So like my first half marathon uh, was in Connecticut. It was the hottest day of the summer. And it, they tried to have water and everything else. It was so hot. And we were long, we were running, uh, running along the Connecticut coast. It was humid. And I remember them having to call the fire department and like spray us down, spray the runners down with water at like different mileages because people was dropping like flies because it was so hot it was so hot and i remember running that race and being so proud that i finished but your boy was nauseous for three days afterwards oh it was you know what bad i want to talk about that you just put a thought in my mind what's recovery time like when you run these races um initially when you first start it can be about a week but um a week about a week about a week. And the thing is, it's, it's, it's different because you're training for it, right? Like most marathon training plans at minimum is a 12 week. You know, if you knew to it, I would say you need about, you need about a half a year to go literally from like couch to like marathon. Mm-hmm. A little bit longer if you had it, but like a half a year, you can, you can do it. You, you ain't gonna have no life, but you can do it. About the time you get there, yeah, it'll probably be about three to four days to about a week to like fully recover. Um, but just like any other thing with exercise, you know, it's like the first time you go to the gym, you sore it in the mud, but if you keep going like the same things, you just don't feel it no more. See, the I same thing with running. See, I can't make it past the soreness. You gotta, you, gotta make, you gotta make it past the soreness. It's the same thing with running. And like, you know, it was times where, uh, where before COVID, like I ran four races in a year or five races in a year. And the recovery time was like nothing. Like I'll run a marathon and then the following weekend, we, we call it race stacking. So I'll run a marathon one weekend, the following weekend, hop on a plane and we'll go run a half marathon and then hop on a plane and go run another one. And the thing about the world majors, they're all clustered together. So it's like, there's a race in September, there's two in October, there's one in November, and then you got, I think it's two in November. So like in race season, like once you run one one marathon, like why just stop there? Like run run all of them. Run run all them. Okay. So, you know, that's what we do. Like we'll run up, run a marathon and I'll talk to some people and be like, hey, what y'all doing? What y'all going up to? It's like, oh, like we're running, we're running uh, MCM, which is Marine Corps Marathon in, in DC. It's like, well, shit, like, let me see if I can get the ticket there. I'll be there too. Boom, run that race. Oh, you know, we going down to uh, Oklahoma to run Route 66. Shit, I ain't never been to Oklahoma before. 
well, let me see if they got any entries. They got some entries. Boom, I'm there too. Next thing you know, it's like, hey, we run an LA marathon. I was like, well, shit, man. Like, when is it? Oh, it's in about three weeks. Like, fuck, well, looking at the calendar, it's like, well, I just ran one and I ran another half and I got another one. Well, shit, I, what, what's another marathon? Right. So at that point, it, it becomes this healthy addiction, but it, it, it's fun because you start to meet a lot of different people at different locations. And I think that's one of the reasons why, like, my Instagram followings the way it is, or like the way I am, right, is because I'm traveling to these different places. I'm literally having conversations with people while running and be like, hey, man, this shit sucked, ain't it? And they be like, yeah, this sucks. And it's like, oh, like, I know you, 300 pounds of running, right? Like, yeah. Yep. And like, we have a conversation and things of that sort. And like, that's where the idea of like the Slow F1 Club came about that, you know, I wanted a place where I wanted to bring more people along this course of like running different races, traveling and just having fun, like while being a plus size individual and, you know, 6,000 members later, it's, it's, it's popping. That's what I, so that was going to, you leading right into my, to my space. So, you know, I noticed this conversation um, happening more often than not these days because of the simple fact that people are constantly being kicked off of Instagram, especially big people are being mm -hmm. either kicked off of Instagram or their content is con consistently being flagged by Instagram. And so what, one thing that I noticed you do, you have your own, um, do we call it my membership club or yeah, community? community. Yeah, you have your own community um, called Slow AF. And so I wanted you to talk a little bit about the community, tell people like where they can go sign up. Cause I think it's a dope community for people who are looking to get into running or who are into running or who just need a little bit more motivation. Cause you know, I don't know where you find that, but you're so consistent. Like that's the thing. So like they might, they might find some of that, you know, pull some of that energy from you. So how to get into this club? What is, what is the, the club go, you know, what do you guys do in the yeah, club and absolutely. how can they join? So the Slow F Run Club is touted as the best uh, community for slow, fat, and back-of-the-pack runners on the internet. Oh, um, wait, that's, about... wait, that's a line. You need to you need to put that into like a little jingle. <laughs> slow, fat, and back-of-the-pack. That was that, that, that had a little thing. Big yeah. Um, you then threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the it's the the best uh, community for slow, fat, and back of the pack runners um, on the internet. We're about six thousand members strong, and uh, we 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 just provide support, education, and motivation for people who a are in the back of the pack, b who are uh, interested in running, uh, and then c like just some community, right? Um, and doing it in a, you know, quote unquote, body positivity, body healthy type of way, right? So for example, we, we do a, a Zoom workout every other week where we have someone come in and, you know, do like body positive workouts or like body accessible workouts. So uh, we have a, a trainer that comes in and give you a range of different exercises from like cheer workouts for the people who, you know, need the chair workouts to everything else in, in, in between, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I also provide uh, coaching there. You know, I'm a certified run coach. So 
provide some some run coaching is there as well. And the other thing is just providing community where people um, wouldn't necessarily find it in like Facebook groups and things of that sort. You know, um, one of the things that we're big on is no weight loss talk. You know, there are so many places on the internet where you can talk about diet, coaching, weight loss. We don't talk about it here. Like, if you want to talk about running, yeah, you want to talk about running, you want to talk about working out, you want to talk about non-scale vapors, like, we can do that, but we don't talk about weight loss here. So, you know, that's that's the, like, that's the, the motto and mantra of, like, the community is that I want people to be able to celebrate exercise and know, like, it's not a punishment for losing weight. Because if you look at the science, like, it's, it's not it's not the way. So, you know, it, it's one of the things that I, that I help, you know, help provide with people because I have that scientific background. Um, you know, I, I want to talk myself as being like one of the most educated people on, on inter- Instagram when it comes to like this health and fitness. But, Go ahead, pop you your know, no, you know, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I have, a, you know, I have a bachelor's in exercise science, right? I have a master's in health promotion. Like I've worked at a, you know, a weight loss clinic before I've, I've done this stuff. And like, I know how deeply rooted like this weight loss culture and, and shit is right. And mm-hmm. I just want to be able to provide a space where like you ain't had to worry about it there. Like we're going to ce- celebrate you. Like if you ran for one second, you know, if or, or, you know, 26.2, like we're going to celebrate it because it's really about celebrating those things of getting active. And if people just only knew, like, there are so many other ways that are benefits that exercise or just being physically active have on your body than just weight loss. Like, I, I feel like I've done my job. You've already done your job because if you provide a safe haven on the internet where you, where you don't have to hear people talking about, oh, I just ate a Twinkie and I gained five pounds. If you can provide a place like that on the internet, whatever you charge is worth it. Just so we clear. <laughs> All the other stuff is just a little razzle dazzle. That part right there, <laughs> it... And that's what we do, right? And it's it's about changing people's minds and having changing their mindsets to say, hey, like, we don't talk about weight loss here. We don't, you know, when you talk about food, it's not as in a way of like a negative way. It's in a way of like, how do you fuel your your runs or your physical activity? So like, we're not talking about food in a weight loss way. Like, we're not even talking about like specific diets. I don't care what you are. Like you pescatarian, donutarian, I don't give a fuck. Like, how are you going to use a diet you know to I help be you on that diet you know what i'm saying like <laughs> how you gonna use that diet in order to like help you become a better runner or a better uh-huh. athlete or a better person and like just fuel your exercises so like if we can just take that that stigma away from like food or like this conversation or just stigma away from like being a, a larger individual and and like exercise right like there are so many things that i've been through like like i didn't even know there was like creams and bombs and everything till you like put in between your legs and your ass to go run so you so your ass won't be on fire after running for so long who knew that exactly that's why they need a joint that's what i'm saying so like there's so many things that i've been through like because let me tell you, Kirkland, it's not fun to be running for, let's say, a 10-miler. You know, I got all this meat 
my legs running together, my my leg hair is getting caught up in each other, and like now you just chafed your body on fire and you get in the shower and everything feels like a thousand cuts. Oh, you know, like what would it, you know, how would that change the world to say, Hey bro, like you need to go get some body glide. Or, hey bro, you know, there's like different oils or things you can put on your body to like help prevent that chafe. So like your ass and your, your legs and your nuts is just not on fire from fire. running. Oh, my. Ooh, shit. I felt it. Or being like, you know, or being like, hey, bro, like, you know, you shouldn't be wearing cotton drawers while exercising because, like, that's it's, it, 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 that, that cotton soak up all that moisture and now it's just all on your nuts and your, and your, and your thighs. It's still doing that as you work out. That's. I've made some discoveries today, y'all. <laughs> I always wondered why when I see fitness ads or when I see people working out, they're never wearing them and I never knew why. <laughs> Mind blown. Mind blown. See, that's why y'all need to pay for his uh, his community. That over there. That over there. Because the thing is, like, being like being a plus size individual, just learning. Like, if this is your first time, you know, for example, if you're a, a you know, what we like to call a, an a, a adult onset athlete, like some of this stuff you just missed out on. Like you don't know not to work out in cotton draws. Like you don't need you don't know that you shouldn't be wearing cotton t-shirts and shit to do it. You just be like, well, this is what I got around the house and this is what I'm gonna wear. But it's bad for you. It's bad for you. Oh. All right. Listen. I, it, wow. I, my mind is still I'm still trying to recover, y'all. I'm still trying to recover because I that's all I want to say. And the listening audience, I hope y'all thank him too. Um, so this is what I want to know before we wrap this thing on up, right? So when it comes to your business um, of being 300 pounds of running, I want I want to leave the people with a sense of if they if they came to this podcast and they was like, oh, I don't even, I don't know how to, I don't know how to get started with running. Although I have an idea in my mind just now when I said that, but I don't know where to get started, or I don't know, like I want to be more active, but I don't know, you know, what's the best out option for me? Like, what would you give that person as like, all right, you want to get started? This, this right here, after 10 years, this is what I would say, this is where you should start. www.slowfrunclub.com. Start there, sign up, holla at your boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the first thing. The, the second thing is that 
some 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 advice and some real talk that I wish somebody would have told me earlier mm-hmm. is that we all start at zero. Like when you start something new, you start at zero. Our zeros is going to be different person to person, but we all start at zero. And a lot of us, we compare our zero to what somebody has been seeing, in my example, for the past 10 years of like going at it and banging my head at this for all this time, right? So like, that's the first thing. Do not, do not, do not compare yourself to somebody else's journey because you don't know where they've been. Uh-huh. And you don't going but for you it doesn't matter where you started it all it matters is where you're going like so if a person who was 400 you know almost close to 400 pounds you know who ran on a treadmill for 15 seconds fell off and all this other stuff and 10 years later you know had to stay in power to to keep at it and be where i'm at now like it's, it's really about that it's about consistency over time like that's the secret that's the secret nobody, but the thing is, is that that consistency over time, it's not sexy. Sometimes it's boring. Sometimes Consistency it's boring. isn't sexy, and that's really what it is. I ain't gonna lie yeah. to y'all, consistency ain't sexy at all. It's boring as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it is, but, but that's what it takes, right? Like, mm-hmm. consistency and persistence and doing that over time, like that'll get you to anything that you want to be. Like, look at me. I've, I've been at this thing for, for 10 years. And if, and if it wasn't for me being like, oh, like I got a bone to pick with this doctor and, and, and keep going, who knows if I ever would have started. But since I started, I, di- I didn't stop. And I think that's where a lot of people fail is that they just stop. They just stop. And you yeah. never stop consistently. Yeah. Is it yeah. for real? And if you need some accountability or, you know, things that I said, you know, I do run coaching. I do one-on-one coaching as well. Slowafrunclub.com. You can find out more information there. Um, um, one last question, something that popped in my mind. So this is a real petty ass note. Did you ever go back to that doctor and be like, look at all these medals, motherfucker. Did Hell you ever- no. That motherfucking not in my lexicon no more. I don't know you know who the fuck he is. Oh, you know, okay. with my... You know what my Angelou said, you know, you know, people may forget what you said or how you said, it, but one thing they don't forget is how the, how, how you, you made you make them feel. That's a mm-hmm. fact. You never forget that part. Well, yeah. I want to thank you so much for coming on this podcast. And I want to thank my therapist for me working the nerves up to do this in the first place. But thank you so much for joining us on the Exo Tristone podcast. This has been an amazing podcast for the books. Thank you so much. Um, until next time. I don't know, it's gonna be until next time. See ya. <laughs>